100%. And I said, absolutely wrong. God has all authority, amen, 100%, all authority. And so here's the problem in all of this. We ourselves, and this is going to start off a little deeper, but I hope you understand these concepts. We live out of our mind, our thoughts. Remember, everything about you is hidden in your spirit from the enemy, and your mind, therefore, doesn't know who you really are, okay? And so I can have the things that God destined for me in my spirit, but if our mind is messed up and not under God's control, we will not live out what God wants to birth out of our spirit. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? If our mind is not lined up with our spirit, then God cannot fulfill what he wants to do in our life. God wants our mind to be in line with his spirit. Amen? Create in me a clean heart. Lord, renew my mind. All these things we say have a meaning, have a purpose. And how many know our mind is the place where a lot of, that's where the battlefield is in life? Our thought life and our mind. And that's the reason why so many people get so frustrated because they're not living out their calling. It's buried, it's put inside them. And there are people that feel like, I could do so much more. There's, there must be more to life. And it's their spirit is crying out to talk to, the, trying to convince the mind to believe what God says. When God says something, amen, it's our spirit saying God can heal and our mind is questioning that. So we need to be in alignment. Our mind has to be in alignment with what God has put in our spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I have good news to you. God has prepared great things in your life. Amen? God has prepared things in your life that, that he has prepared. It's already finished. Jesus went to the cross and he said, it is finished. Amen. He went and sat down by the right hand of the Father. Really, the only time in the scripture that we see Jesus getting up is when Stephen was murdered, the martyr. When Stephen was martyred, that got the attention and we find that. But Jesus sat down and he said, it is finished. It has been prepared for the people. God, God's not going to do things tomorrow. It's already done. Amen. God's not worried about that, that sickness because he said it is already done. It's been prepared for you. It is in our spirit, but it is in the mind where we, that we wrestle. Jesus said it is finished. Verse 10, but God has, next verse, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Okay, so information comes from the outside. How many know that? We learn and we get information. We learn it comes from the outside, right? What, what we see, we learn. I'm one of those people, I like to see things. I tend to learn better. I'm thankful for our men's Bible study. Our Bible study has a lot of pictures. What does that say, ladies, about the guys? We have to have pictures. I don't know if, that, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Our Bible study is full of pictures and a few words. And then the ladies' Bible study, it's a lot of words, Guys, we need help because we have to learn by getting pictures. <laughs> but we learn when we see things. I know, we can smell things and learn, right? You can smell something and learn. 
You can touch something or feel something and learn. All these senses are about information that comes from the outside, and it triggers something in our mind, right? We hear, we learn, and all these things. That's information. But revelation, come on, somebody. Revelation is something that is birthed from the inside, right? God gives us revelation. It starts in our spirit, and then it goes to our mind. So it's the opposite. A lot of us have information Christianity. I want to see it. I want to touch it. I want to feel it. I want to hear it. I need to know it. I, I need to understand it in my mind. So that's, that's maybe the first place we go. But what God is trying to take us to is a place where we have revelation in our spirit. Amen. Because God said, it is, my son said it is finished. God has prepared a place for us. God says, I've already taken care of that for you. And it's buried in your spirit to convince your mind. It's an eternal thing. You know, for instance, Tuesday morning, our prayer team, our prayer warriors who come out here on Tuesday morning, I, in, in my life, that's those moments when the Holy Spirit drops things in my spirit. He puts things in my spirit, revelation in my spirit. And once it goes from my spirit and then it goes to my mind, right? So it's a, it's a revelation that God gives. Maybe he'll give me a word for someone or give me a confirmation for something. And that is birthed in the spirit. So church, we need to have our mind aligned with Christ. Amen. So that as we are in his presence, as we are in the word, not are we just receiving things in our mind. When we are in worship, I pray that you're not just worshiping with your mind. What do these words say? What does that mean? But I pray that you're saying, Lord, I want to take this into my spirit. Give me a revelation. God, would you speak something new to me? Maybe those words, I've seen them a hundred times. But God, would you reveal something new to me? Amen. So God begins to deposit or download information to our spirit. Then our spirit aligns with our mind. And I think this is where maybe some people stop in their walk with Christ. But I pray that we would go deeper. Amen. Deeper. Verse 10, God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Say all things. Deep things, new things, information, the deep things of God. We want to go deeper. We want to go deeper, church. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except, except the Spirit of God. So what the Holy Spirit does is he lives in your, he's in your spirit. He's in your life. He knows how you think. You know, he knows uh, how you should go. He, he guides you. you know, the Holy Spirit is, is your guide, is your, your direction. And you will know if your spirit is in line with your mind, your thoughts, your life. How I many know the Holy Spirit will tell you when something isn't right? I said this on Wednesday night for our Wednesday night crew. I said about Wednesday night, listen, if you, if you, and we all fall short, and we all, at times, we don't want to say we're going to, we don't plan on sinning, but when we do sin and we do fall short, and we will, there should be a, almost an instantaneous moment where your spirit rises up and says, that's not right. And that's a good thing. 
Because that's the spirit inside of you aligning with your mind and saying, this is wrong. This is not what I should say. This is not how I should live. This is not what I should do. But if you go through life and you begin to lose that, that conviction, that, that, that feeling, that red flag, then we need to talk. Amen? Because we should have our life, our spirit aligned with our mind. So that's what this is saying. The spirit guides us. It leads us. And without that, we run adrift. Um, a long time ago, uh, I, when I was younger and braver, and maybe I would do this again, but I had an opportunity to go whitewater rafting. I don't know if you've ever been to whitewater rafting. Well, when you go whitewater rafting, one of the first things they do, they'll say we have like four different levels of, of whitewater. We have the whitewater that just kind of is this, you know, small, uh, uh, small level of danger and things like that. Of course, we were like, we want to take like level three, feeling good about ourselves. Level four, you have to have a guide. Absolutely. So we're like, what's the hardest raft that we can do? What's the hardest course that we can do without a guide? So they gave us that. And so we were like, we can do this. Now, if you've ever been whitewater rafting, especially that first time, you realize really quick, it is a lot harder. It is a lot more difficult to avoid rocks than it is to stay in the water. We hit every rock in that river, the Ohio Pile. That's what it's called, the Ohio Pile. And we were just going down that river, and I, you know, I was just knowing something bad is going to happen. And just like that, before I knew it, we were flipped over. Now, at the time, we had a gentleman with us. Some of you might know this name. His name was Russ Dunaway. Russ is an interesting guy. He was our youth pastor, my youth pastor. Russ is an interesting guy. He was a, a, a Vietnam vet. He was a Green Beret. He actually has metal plates in his head. And I, I love to tell you, he tell you that too. And he just is a, just a funny guy, just a wild guy. And it was his idea. We'll just say that. And so Pastor Russ went missing. We're going down the river. There's rocks everywhere. We're in the white water. We have no guide, right? We had nothing to guide us because we thought we could do it on our own. And so here we are going down the river, and we've lost Russ. And about a minute goes by, and we still can't find him. Now, remember, we're floating. All I could think about was what they told me at the beginning of the day. If you fall out of your raft, don't panic. Well, <laughs> how many know that's a lot easier said than done? The first thing I did was panic. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what did they say? What did they say? Okay, feet up, feet up, put your feet up. You know, all these things are like you're trying to remember all these things to do. Feet first, feet up. That's kind of the thing you do. You don't want to have your feet dangling in the water because you get it stuck in a rock, you're in big trouble. So we're feet up, and we're going down the river, and you see our raft floating down the river. And then I noticed something, on the, the, it was upside down, and it just kind of went up. And Russ's head popped up. He was trapped underneath our raft for about a minute going down the rapids. Now, how many know our day probably would have been a lot better, maybe a lot easier if we would have taken the guide? But we decided to do it on our own. I don't need a guide because I've been down the Asabo. Come on. The rapids of the Asabo River. We can handle anything. Well, we learned very quickly without the guide that we couldn't handle. And, and, and we understand in life, we try to sometimes do life without the spirit leading us. And a lot of times people find themselves in situations and going through tribulation without that guide. And God said, I have given you my son and my spirit 
to guide you, amen, to lead you through life so that you can handle these things. And verse 12, continuing in the same scripture, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. I've given, God said, I've given you this to guide you. I've literally hidden things in your life. I've put things down in there so that when you need it, it will be there for you. It will guide you. It will direct you. But you have to have your mind in the right place. We have to have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have to surrender our thoughts in our mind. And if, well, if you're going to know what's in your spirit, we're going to have to shut off the voices and the distractions that try to influence our mind. You know, what if we treated our, our relationship with God, what if we treated our relationship with Jesus, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, like our cell phone? You know, because I know for me, how many know it's pretty easy to wake up in the morning and the first thing, what's the first thing a lot of people do? <laughs> Who, who's texting me? Who's calling me, right? What, what if we treated the Holy Spirit like our phone? You ever lose your phone? Anybody ever leave your phone somewhere? I mean, I will turn around a pretty good distance to go back and get my phone. Come on, somebody. Because we know it's got a lot of information in it that we need, right? And I don't want to leave that thing. It costs me some money, and it's got stuff on it, and it's got a lot of pictures of my church folks. I don't want anybody to see those pictures I think of you while you're worshiping. No, I'm kidding. But it, it's got information. And I've seen it, and, and there's people that will do anything for the, I mean, they'll turn the car back around, and I'll do it too, and we'll wake up in the morning, and it's the first thing we do. What if we treated our relationship, and maybe I pray that you already do, like that, where, like, you can't have a day without spending time with Jesus. When you wake up in the morning, before you check anything, I got to check in with God, amen? Lord, I pray you just give me the right mind today. God created me a clean heart, renew the right spirit within me. What, what if we, what if we treated Jesus, as well as we treated some of the things in this earth. And I know in our church we have some amazing people that do, that do. Amen? Verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But, verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? So people that never find what the will of God is in their spirit are susceptible to making other people's opinion their goal. Right? So if, 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 you're, if you don't find out what the will of God is in your spirit, then you will rely on what other people say as your guide. But how many know if you are doing what God wants you to do, if you are in his will, it doesn't always matter what people say. Amen? Why don't you hang out with us anymore? Why don't you do this anymore? Why are you going to church on a Sunday? How can you do that? How could you go to a men's Bible study when Michigan is playing Duke? I just preached to all my guys. I know. Set your DVRs. Set your DVRs. And don't tell me the score. Because <laughs> mindset. You've got to live to, you have to, we have to learn to live our life internally. Amen? You'd say amen? I don't want to just live my mind, life with my mind. Because sometimes what I see, my mind starts to try to rationalize and figure things out. But how many know no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store or prepared for us? And so when we try to figure things out in the natural, why did that man walk? 
Or why are they praying for that person to receive sight? Why are they praying for these things? You know, we were praying for Heather's dad to rise up and walk in Jesus' name. People in the flesh who live out of the mind will start doubting God. Well, I don't know. I've never seen anybody do that. Well, maybe you need to get out of America. <laughs> Go somewhere else where they'd still believe. Amen? All of us. Because we tend to live out of the mind. And we need to live out of our spirits. Because our spirit is in line with God. And our spirit understands things that our mind can't understand. There's a reason why we only use 10% or so or around there. Me less, you more maybe, but of our mind. Because we don't understand. If we understand exactly how amazing, how wonderful, how glorious, how beautiful God is, our mind can understand it or, or, or capture it. But our spirit has the ability to connect with God. And we believe for the supernatural. And we pray for the miracles. Verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. In other words, you need to judge whether or not you are following God. It's not about pleasing people. I'm more concerned about pleasing God. Okay. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we, but we, say it with me, but we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You declare that. I have the mind of Christ, all thoughts, all sickness, depression, anxiety. Yes, those things are real, but we still will declare in Jesus' name. He went to the cross for our healing. He said, it is finished. And until that last breath comes out of my body, I will continue to say, it is well, my God is able, amen? Because I have the mind of Christ. And I don't have to live underneath, I don't have to live in that, that world anymore because God has created in us a new mind. I love the verse, he has made all things new, amen? I don't declare my old self. I don't declare my, I don't still talk about all the things that I used to be. I declare who I am today. I am a child of God. I am the most high. I'm not that, Heather's probably really glad I'm not that 18-year-old stinker that used to get upset all the time. Amen, right, Heather? That's her amen. Okay, that's just her amen, because you didn't date me when I was 18. <laughs> that would be weird, some of you. All right. <laughs> Colossians 3, 1, 2. It says this. If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. So remember about the word grace. Let's go back a little bit about grace, and then we'll come back into this and put it together. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Amen. Thank you for your grace. But the Bible says that you find grace. The other word that we kind of associate with grace is mercy. You find grace, but the Bible says that you obtain mercy. Grace isn't just for getting saved. Grace gets you through change, right? We talked about uh, sanctification on Wednesday night. There's sanctification. That's set apart. But there, and there's grace. But how many know throughout life there's progressive sanctification, right? God gets you through trials. God gets you through storms. And you grow. Because the more that our mind gets set on the things above, the more that our life grows in the way that Christ wants us to live. Amen. That's how it should go. 
We should continually be saying, God, renew my mind, my thoughts. I'll realign my life so that I can continually, progressively grow. Now, we are saved by grace. There's no question about it. That's once and for You are saved, amen, under the blood of Jesus. Amen? You're saved. We're not talking about, about turning away from God. We're just talking about when you just keep living for God, you're saved. But ultimately, when you die, it's called ultimate sanctification. That's when you are made right with God. You'll stand before God. I love this, blameless before God in his sight. But before you get there, the Bible talks about mercy. You obtain mercy and you find grace. Colossians 3, let's read that again. If you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Hmm. You know, that verse makes me think of the word hope. Because of grace, because of mercy, I have hope and you have hope. Hope is a, is a powerful word, isn't it? When you live with hope, I have hope for you. I hope that you have hope for me. I have hope in things. I have hope in my Savior. The word hope means expecting something good to happen. Amen. I love people who have an expectation that something is going to happen. Hallelujah. When I walk into God's house, I come in here this morning. I'm telling you, I walked in here this morning. I immediately, I, I had a hope already when I woke up. But I walked in and I'm like, ooh, I have a hope. I'm expecting something good is going to happen. How many have that hope? Every day, God, I pray that my, because my spirit has a hope. Your spirit is full. It's, it's, in, it's in alignment with God. But the mind, we have to have that information travel from our spirit out. But many times what we do, we live this way. We take things in and we just live off that. But God is saying, I want you to have this eternal, internal hope that you will not lose your mind. Set your mind on things above, verse 2, not on things on the earth. Meaning, get your mind on things what heaven has for you. Set your mind on the big picture. Set your mind. You know, I had an amazing lunch this week with a gentleman who, who wasn't able to be here today. But we were, we were, I don't think I see him here. I want to double check. But we were just talking about these things. He actually had a glimpse of heaven. His testimony, it's, it's amazing. It's powerful. It's, it's beautifully tragic in a lot of ways, if that makes sense, how God can turn something so tragic into something so beautiful. And it was just a great time. But he, he, through this all, um, he's gone through a lot of loss and a lot of pain, but he's also had amazing angelic moments. And I believe all Christians should believe in, in things like that. Amen? That's where we have to understand that our mind wants to tell us things, but our spirit's saying absolutely God could reveal it. He, he heard the audible voice of God. And he, he, he saw heaven. He said, I saw heaven. And, and it's a, an amazing story. But he said, when you have a glimpse of heaven, he said, I just had a glimpse of heaven. Now, let me, I wish he was here. I don't want to share all of his good stuff because I asked him to share sometime in the future. But he said when in high school, he was really bad at math. He didn't know physics. He didn't know calculus. He didn't know geometry. He said literally, he began to, God began to reveal to him some of the way that creation was made through physics and calculation. It's an amazing story. He said after he came out of that, he said, Pastor, I could do anything. You show me any, any geometry, anything in physics, and I could do any kind of math you'd ask. He said, I was in the, in the presence of God for just a moment. And he said, I can't even describe what it feels like. He said, our mind has kind of limited God 
but our spirit knows how great God is. And this verse says, set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. How many know when we begin to see eternally, it changes our perspective of what we're walking through and living in? Amen? And so when we begin to thank God, God, I thank you for the eternal things you have set aside for me. I'm not just living to make it to a certain age. I'm not just living to make it to retirement and saying, oh, finally I can, finally when I get to the right age, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to turn it all over. I'm going to really do these things. No, I'm living today, right now, heaven, as heaven is on earth, as the Lord's Prayer says. Set your mind on things above. Psalm 8, 1 through 2. We're going to end with these scriptures. And this is a way to set our mind right here. Oh, Lord, our Lord. How excellent. Some translations say majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's say that together. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Amen. Who have set your glory above the heavens. You know, the word, the word glory means authority, weight, heavy. The words of God carry weight, don't they? They carry authority. Verse 2, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because you're enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger, which means you have ordained praise. It's what silenced the enemy. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Hmm. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the fields, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the pass of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent, amen, is your name in all the earth. Setting your, your, your mind, your spirit, realigning your life with, with the bigger picture. How excellent is your name in all the earth? You know, I think it's easy sometimes for us to get caught up in the daily grind, isn't it? I mean, if you watch the news for more than a couple hours, your mind starts going all over the place. Maybe watch half of much news and pray for the things you hear on the news. Amen. Let's do that. Amen. Not that it's bad, but we need to set our mind on things above. If, if you are always watching something, you know, that's, that's bringing your spirit down, just you need to, we need to balance those things out. We need to set our mind on things above. So everything in heaven, Jesus it says that it is finished. Amen. It is finished. Jesus said on the cross, what? It is finished. That addiction you have, say it with me. It is finished. You might be struggling with it right now, but go ahead and get, set your mind on things above. And even though you're in the trial, go ahead and say, it is finished. Not that it will be finished. That, that it, I hope it's, or it might be finished or whatever. Say, it is finished. God, I know that you have a plan for my life. I'm going to get over this thing in Jesus' name. Because Jesus didn't go to the cross for, for, for our frustration. He went to the cross for our victory. Let me close with this thought. Skip's here. He's a coach. He's coached me. He'll know this one very well. Matter of fact, I shared something similar to this years ago, and I just thought this applies so well. And Skip, Skip knew my coach in high school, Ed Melberg. And Ed Melberg's one of his heroes was Bobby Knight. Basketball fans, if you know who Bobby Knight is, 
Yeah, he'll make you run a few laps. Let's just put it that way. And so my coach was uh, pretty strict, old school. He was an OG. <laughs> He's an OC, original coach gangster. But <laughs> my coach was tough, and he noticed something about me. And uh, for any of you who've ever practiced a skill or a sport or an instrument as we have up here and things like that, um, you know, anything. I mean, practice is more than just going through repetition. It's, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it, there's a reason why you do it. There's a reason why you do it. Not just what Alan Iverson said, practice. I don't want to practice. I don't want to practice. And so there's a reason why we do what we do. There's a reason why we practice things. So my, my, my coach noticed a weakness in my game, and there was many weaknesses, but he, he saw one in particular. And, and, and that was this, that I had a hard time dribbling with my left hand. Now, I was a guard, and if you're a guard, you should be able to dribble both hands. Right, Skip? I mean, come on. You're, you would say you need to practice on your left hand. I had a tendency to do my layups with the wrong foot. It's called, and then I would do, it's called a, a mic and drill. And, and I would do this mic and drill, and I, and I had a hard time with my left hand. I could do the right hand, and so I would do the mic and drill. That's when you're under the basket, and you just keep doing this, and you just never stop, and you just keep doing this. And I would make my right, and I would miss my left. So my coach noticed a, a something, and when the rest, for a while, the rest of the team, they would get to practice, and he'd say, uh, 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 Pete, I want you to only, you can only use your left hand during practice. That's it. And if I see you using your right hand, you're running. I don't want to run. <laughs> that got my attention. We call them go-go. Some people call them wind sprints, some other things. I did not want to run. So the only thing I was allowed to do was use my left hand. That's it. This has went on for weeks. I had a dribble left. I had to eat left. If he's, everything I had to do was left-handed. Now, I couldn't write left-handed. I tried to convince my teachers, like, you know, I tried to do my homework, but the coach said I can only write with my left hand, and I'm not good at it, so I chose not to do my homework. That was not what I did, but that would also be not a great plan. But he noticed, so I, I just continued to practice, right? I just, all the time, left hand, left hand, left hand. Before I knew it, before I knew it, I actually got pretty good at it. To the point, to this day, I am stronger, I don't know if it's just because of this, with my left hand, if I arm wrestle, which now it's a dangerous idea because it's probably going to hurt me, but I'm stronger with my left hand. I can dribble better with my left hand because I, I, I made a point, or my coach told me, I made a point to, to repeat, to practice, and I want you to understand I mean, no, living in the world is natural because we've had a lot of practice living in the world. And it's very repetitious. Some of the things that we do become very repetitious. And we, we do it very well because we have to do it all the time. And so we get good at it. And what the Bible does, the Bible kind of goes against the flow. And it says, now, I want you to practice doing something that might not be as natural to everyone. I want you to start believing for things. I want you to start praying more. I want you to start giving. How I many outside the church, people are like, giving? I can't afford even paying my bills. It's not natural. But how I many know when you begin to practice giving, it becomes natural? To the point where it's like, if I don't give, I feel like I'm not doing, I'm missing out. 
on what God wants to do, right? Come on. Or, or if you start practicing in your prayer life, when you, when you stop praying, you, you don't have the opportunity to pray. You notice it because it becomes natural. So we need to start asking God, ask, ask God, Lord, what are some things in my life I need to start practicing a little bit more, working on, that they'll become natural. Amen? Natural things. And we've become very good at things that aren't of God. And so God is saying, church, I want you to start working on things and stretching yourself and believing for things. Let me read this last verse, and then I'm going to have you stand. Colossians 3.10 says this. And have put on the new man. Say that with me. The new. New me. New person. New you. New mind. Put on the new mind, the new dress, the new man who is renewed in knowledge. And according to the image of him who created him. So when you are born again, there's a new thing that happens, amen? You put on a new man. You put on a new way of thinking, right? Old, old things are past. So I'm not going to live in the past. I'm not going to declare who I was. I'm going to say this is who I am today. I am a new man, amen? And I want that information to come out of my spirit, amen, and to transform the mind because that's him living in me and living in you. Let's stand. Let's stand. If the worship team would join me. The word of God teaches us to practice and repeat. Practice and repeat. I can't say that, you know, I, I went to church on Sunday and I, I, I heard the pastor read some verses and it was pretty cool and he told some funny stories about OCD Hope they're funny. I try. Or for me personally, I can't say, oh, I, I, I was in the car with Heather and we, 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 we read the daily bread and, on Sunday and then, and then for six days I didn't really do much. But I need to get my life into alignment where every day it becomes something I'm doing. Amen? Like, like left-handed dribbling and left-handed shooting. And, 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 and eventually when I did that, I don't even think about the ball in my hand anymore. Now, Skip, I'll be honest, now I'm almost 50. I probably would dribble off my foot now because I'm out of practice. I don't do it very much anymore. So I need to work on it again. And maybe today, some of you in this room, you're out of, you're out of alignment spiritually. And God has purposed something in your spirit. When you were born again, he put a whole bunch of calling in your life. And it's still there today. But if we are not in the word and practicing these things and just kind of just living in it on an everyday basis, it stays there. And God wants that to come out of our spirit and into our mind and to renew our mind and our thoughts of who you are in Christ. And I want to encourage you and challenge you today to take this day and say, Lord, what in my life can I, can I do more for you? Can I work on more for you? Can I get into a practice or into a repetition or into a habit of doing for you? And that so eventually it just becomes natural. It becomes who I am to the point where uh, uh, you, just, you just want to give. You want to serve. You, you want to pray. It's just who you are. It's kind of your DNA, amen? And, and as believers, I believe that's where God wants us to go and to be. Is where we're just living out this calling. We're just living out this, this calling in our life. 
You know, I forgot, Heather, last night, I was supposed to change the sign. So, that, by the way, that's, that's what I was supposed to do last night, and I, I, I forgot. The church sign, on the way here, I had this, you know, revelation. Like, I know what I want on the church. It's been empty for a while because I keep thinking, like, what? Every year I put the same thing, right? And there's nothing wrong with some of the things. I, every year I put, like, he's risen, which, hallelujah, he's risen, amen. And, but all, for, like, a month, I've been like, I'm not going to put nothing on the sign until I really know what I want on the sign. And it hit me while we were on our trip. I'm like, I know what I want to put on the sign. And I forgot to do it last night because I was tired and I watched a basketball game. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. And I studied a little bit too at halftime. True story. But anyway, but what the Lord told me to put on the sign is real simple. And it's this, love one. Simple as that. Love one. And not even, I mean, love wins, we know that, that's true, but love won. It's been finished, amen, on the cross. At the cross, on my mind, my calling, my life won. Jesus won it all for us. Jesus went to the cross and love won. That's only seven letters I need to put on that sign. I can do that, Lord, I'm one, well, 14, two sides, but... But in our heart, we know that love won. And I want us to go out of this place knowing that. That he won the battle. He won the battle of, 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 of the fight that we are in. This fight that we feel like we have to fight. But God says, my son went to the cross to fight it for you. You just have to surrender it to him. And say, Lord, I, I give you my life. I give you my thoughts, my mind, my heart that I would be in alignment with you. That, that, thank you, God, for grace that when I get out of line, aren't you thankful for grace that when you get out of line, amen, the spirit in you can just kind of draw you back, that you have that guide with you that I didn't have in my, in my raft, that the Holy Spirit says, I'm gonna bring you back a little bit. And so I thank you, Lord, for moments like this when we get realigned and we, we realize, Lord God, that we live here on the earth, but Lord, there, eternally, there's something that's going to be greater than we could ever imagine or think. I pray that we would see that, God. Lord, you are not bound by time. You are not bound by our thoughts. God, nothing has bound you, God, that you move and have your being. And Lord, you've already prepared our future, God. You already know the victories that are coming. You already see us with you in heaven, God. And so, Lord, I pray that we would live in that freedom. Lord, we would live in that place that no matter what we go through, we know that love won. And we are in relation with that, Lord God, with you. Hallelujah. One prayer blessing over you. Father, now over this church as we go from this place, Lord, I speak a blessing over every person in this room, Lord. And in a moment, I'm going to pray for anyone this in this place that says, I need some prayer. I'm just going through some things. It might be a physical thing. It might be an emotional thing, whatever it is. Maybe someone here today is like, I, 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 I just want to come and stand in prayer. The Bible says, let the elders come, that we would pray and anoint with oil, and that we would believe together, amen, that our God is able. And that prayer works. How many believe that prayer works? Prayer works. I know as we, we prayed the last few days a lot with Heather's dad, and, and matter of fact, like I said, he wasn't real, but the moment we prayed yesterday when we were praying, and, and he wasn't as coherent, but as soon as we started to pray, he took over the prayer meeting. 
I mean, it's pretty sick. I mean, and, and, and not make it, but as soon as we start praying, that means his spirit was like, whoop. His mind is saying, like, I'm sick. This is not looking good. But his spirit, he began to pray. You know what I love? He didn't pray for himself at that moment. He prayed for President Trump. He prayed for Israel. He prayed for me. He prayed for us. He prayed for the kids at Elevate. I mean, and I'm like, that's alignment. Amen. That's alignment. Lord, I pray that we would, Lord, just have that alignment in our life. And now as we go from this place, Lord, for those who need to go, I pray, God, that throughout the week that, Lord, we would seize opportunities that you have given us to change environments. Let our let our encouragement, let our words, let our actions, and let the love of God that is in us show people who are hurting and feel hopeless that there is a better way. That Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We carry that message with us. So, Father, I pray that we would show love and that we would, we would show people who Jesus is, that you would reflect off our lives. In Jesus' name, use us all week. Bless this church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If there's anyone that wants prayer as we close, I'm going to dismiss. I would be more than happy to pray with you. Stand in the gap for someone in this room, if someone that needs prayer. But be blessed. Have a wonderful, wonderful day in the Lord. Amen. Lord, bless our church. May we continue to move forward into greater things, greater vision, greater ministry, God, greater outreach. Extend our reach as a church. And finally, Lord, as right now our youth and our leaders and that team and all the vehicles that are coming home from Columbus, right now, Lord, I pray traveling mercies on them. May the drivers be alert. And, God, that they would come back next week with amazing testimonies of what you've done in their lives at Elevate this week. In Jesus' name, thank you for this day. Amen. God bless you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. Amen. And may his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful day. God bless.